Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. As a biohacker, I always love speaking to fellow biohackers who are equally or even more invested than me in self-optimization and self-experimentation in order to better all over health. And as those of you who have been following this podcast know, I have been paying attention to the so-called miracle molecule, molecular hydrogen, for quite a while. Molecular hydrogen is one of the most potent antioxidants in nature, and currently the scientific research around it, as well as the market for supplements, is exploding. Molecular hydrogen can help to reduce the biggest factors contributing to aging and has also been shown to improve issues associated with mitochondrial impairments, diabetes, metabolic issues, as well as reducing liver fat. And in fact, it's becoming so popular and renowned that professional athletes have begun to use it to help their bodies respond better to exercise and recovery and also to increase their performance and energy. And I am really excited um, to welcome Alex Tavarna as my guest today. He is a biohacker and CEO of Drink HRW, a molecular hydrogen water tablets company. He has also developed a clinical outreach program under his company and works with universities worldwide researching how molecular hydrogen works as a therapeutic agent. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized Podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Wonderful to have you here. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's an absolute pleasure. I've been uh, looking into your work and uh, your private journey as a biohacker, but also how you have been taking it on a professional field with your company. And I really am looking forward to pick your brain. First and foremost, I'd love to know your backstory and how you became in hydrogen. I'll give my story. I, I won't go, you know, into the the full one, but I'll give you medium version as as is common with a lot of others it was a story of personal necessity and tragedy that got me into this i got really sick about six years ago now maybe actually seven years ago now and uh, at that time i was in my peak health peak physical condition i was training six to eight hours a day between martial arts crossfit my rest like active recovery was going for like long several hour hikes or doing sprints around the track working on like technique that I didn't consider exercise, but it was my life. Health and fitness was my life. And I got really sick. They think it was some sort of mystery virus, but they don't, they never figure out exactly what it was. How did it affect you? For starters, I'm the type of guy that doesn't tend to need a lot of sleep. I can operate quite easily on five, six hours a day and feel 100%. I started sleeping 16, even 18 hours a day. Wow. And 
had sudden onset narcolepsy. If I sat down on the couch for one, two minutes, I'd fall asleep. The only time I had any energy was when I was working out, but I had central nervous system shut down, like fatigue. So my heavy lifts were not affected. I could still deadlift same. I could still squat the same. I could still bench press. I could not jump an itch off the ground. To give context, like at that time, I had like a, a 54 inch plyometric box jump and I couldn't get airtime off the ground. At that time, I could do 15, 20 bar muscle ups and I couldn't do a single chest bar. So I had no fast twitch explosive muscles whatsoever. I was also severely anemic, which was really odd considering, you know, how, how much red meat I had in my diet, how many, how much green leafy vegetables I was eating. And my inflammation was 80 times normal level. Wow. That's some serious I, stuff you've been dealing with. Yeah. And it lasted a couple months and it hit my roommate at the time a lot different, but very hard also. And he's had some long-term consequence too. He got really sick. He didn't go through what I was, but he developed pneumonia, had to go to the hospital a couple of times and missed like three weeks of work. And he was a guy that top 10 in triathlons and things like Spartan race, obstacle course race. So both of us at 29 at the time were just ravaged by this. And they were drawing blood from me twice a week, trying to figure out what was going on. Couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden it just, it resolved almost overnight, a four day span anyways. When the dust settled and I started feeling a bit back to normal, my whole body hurt. I couldn't sleep. My joints ached, especially my left shoulder. Started trying to figure it out, got imaging, got an x-ray. Somehow I developed, like I, I had polyarthritis and I developed osteoarthritis in like 11 spots, worst of which was in my shoulder, which was now completely freezing up. So moderate osteoarthritis developed in a matter of a few months. It was just ravaged. The first specialist I saw told me that I, I needed to quit exercise completely. I couldn't ever work out again. I wasn't accepting that. Ended up getting on a, a thousand milligrams of naproxen a day, getting some cortisone injections and loosened it up. I kept training. I knew that high dose like NSAIDs and, and cortisone injections weren't a permanent solution. So I was scouring PubMed and looking for research on things that could regulate the inflammatory response. I found hydrogen. I bought a hydrogen water machine for five grand. Eight, nine months later, I fainted a few times while exercising. I guess I developed numerous ulcers in my stomach. I wasn't processing my, my food properly. I had to stop the, the naproxen, which meant my shoulder froze. So at that time, I was thinking, okay, this hydrogen water machine's a, a, a big paper. I went back to PubMed. And for those thinking, oh, hydrogen's the first thing you saw, I was literally spending like eight hours a day reading through research. Like this was no like quick PubMed search. I, I was devoting it as a full-time job, trying to, to figure out what I could do to aid myself. So I, I saw some new articles on hydrogen therapy that were regulating the inflammatory process. And uh, it pissed me off because I'm like, this is bullshit research. It didn't work. Then it just dawned on me, how do I know I'm getting a good level of hydrogen water? I don't know what the dosage out of this machine is. So I started reading the methods and none of these studies in, in humans or even the ones in, in rodents used a machine like I was. And so I found there was a, a, a reagent um, that you could use to, to do a titration and test for the hydrogen levels. And the hydrogen coming out of this $5,000 machine was undetected. Wow. Huh. You know? Yeah. So it was a a big, you know, paperweight. I had to triple the input to detect one drop. So it was 0 0.03 parts per million, 0 0.03 milligrams liter. For context, the International Hydrogen Standards Association has defined the absolute minimum therapeutic concentration as 0 0.5. 
And that doesn't mean it's always therapeutic. Hydrogen has a dose and concentration dependent response. The higher you you go, the better it's working in, in a single shot. For instance, our tablets get about 12 ppm, right? That's like what, 1200 times higher concentration. So it, at least this gave me some hope. And I said, okay, there could be something here, right? I don't know this doesn't work. So saying that you went, first of all, you spend a, a big amount of money on this machine, and then you go through further eight, nine months of pain because this machine does not give you the results it promised. And that's something else I want to go into a, a little bit later, good, the bad, and ugly of the molecular hydrogen market. It just enrages me here. Now, of course, we benefit from your bad experience. So that's the silver lining, but it enrages me to hear that people such as you had go through massive suffering because company doesn't keep. And it's rampant. It's rampant in a lot of industries in hydrogen water. The market in Japan and Korea were devastated. The Japanese like consumer affairs equivalent department investigated 19 companies selling hydrogen water a few years ago and found 17 of them didn't contain dissolved hydrogen. I just started a hydrogen water scam section on my website because product after product, I'm finding including big ones that are endorsed by guys as big as John Cena don't contain hydrogen. These are products in GNC, right? That are just bullshit. And I've got multiple lab tests to show it. I filed to the FTC for trade complaints. I'm taking this stuff very seriously. And it's honestly, it's companies like this is why the supplement industry, the the medical device industry for like consumers has such a bad reputation because there's so many scam artists that just don't do things properly. So many. And that's why I always emphasize, know your source, do the research. Just don't just buy something because you can find it at a place that you trust. Let's say such as Whole Foods, you've got to do your own research. Nothing is more important than what you put in your own body. And uh, yeah, more harm, good be done. I'm an MMA fan and it was hilarious. A fight, almost, a big fight almost got canceled a year and a half ago. Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal because Jorge Masvidal, or sorry, because Nate Diaz failed a drug test for SARMs. Yeah. Uh, they were almost undetectable levels, so the fight went on. But the contaminated product was a multivitamin from Whole Foods that him and his brother had ownership in. Wow. He almost ruined his own career as a part owner taking a product that he thought was safe because it's a multivitamin and they got it into Whole Foods. Like it, it's, it's just hilarious. But I've toured like over a hundred contract facilities in, in the US and Canada. And there are, are levels to this in how products control for things, how manufacturers control for things. Some should be shut down immediately. Agreed. 100%. You know, and, and a lot of them. To digress from my background, we got our new dietary ingredient status from the US FDA, which is supposed to be the legal requirement, but estimates, including those from industry and the FDA, shows that only about 4% of ingredient manufacturers that are required to get an NDI have done yeah, that is just scary. We're also in supplement business, produce oral sprays as well, powders and tinctures. And we spend so much money to get to really our, do our due diligence and the compliance. And it just is from a private perspective, but also professional perspective, again, enraging for me. You have a, a responsibility towards consumer. You have people not only can impact their life quality. Superhumanize. So you went through this period of eight, nine months, no good was done to you, you're continuing to suffer, you're continuing to get worse. And then due, because of your own research, you actually find out that you were in correct dosage. Yeah. So what happened then? How do you actually begin to get better? And kudos so, for your tenacity and not giving up molecular hydrogen. Yeah, so I'm a very obsessive person. It's just that. 
I don't let things go really easily, right? And I, I get really obsessed with finding solutions. So I started importing products from different countries that were said to make in different ways, even importing raw ingredients to mimic what was being done. There were some other tablets on the market time. They weren't very good. One of them you had to seal in a bottle, right? Drink it the next day. And it tasted awful. It was unpalatable. There's another one that you swallowed, which is dangerous. It could literally cause, have caused me more ulcers. They have no proof on, on safety in this. It's an exothermic reaction within your stomach that could do for an elderly person or a child to get lodged in the throat, burn the throat. It's But these were the products that were available back then. And I realized how embryonic the industry was because as I'm buying as a consumer, I started getting contacted by them. One of them was an MLM. Others had affiliate programs, started getting contacted, even having them give my phone number away to their distributors to try and recruit me. And I'm like, what's going on here? I'm just trying to buy this stuff. What what are you doing? And then reading their marketing, they were like claiming to cure cancer and every other disease. And I'm like, I, I can't justify giving people money. And even then the results were terrible. You wait, you you follow the instructions of the, the tablet that dissolved in water. And back then, the first iterations, they were getting like 0.3 ppm. They weren't working. But I started looking at the tablet, the faults in the tablet, how it wasn't reacting properly, did my homework on reasons why I started modifying how I was preparing it, adding different things, doing it myself, which led to some humorous stuff. Like I, I blew up a, a thermos from high pressure inside my fridge and broke a bunch of bottles on my fridge because the thermos was sitting at 60 PSI and it blew the the cap off like a projectile. But anyways, I I was able to get it up to three milligrams a liter, like 10 times higher, three PPM. And drinking that four times a day at the three PPM and half a liter. So I was getting like 12 milligrams, my shoulder loosened. So I became a believer and uh, I'm like, okay, man, this is working, right? Because it was abrupt and it was noticeable and it wasn't just me going, oh, I feel better. Like I was measuring my range of motion in the mirror day to day, doing an ex- like controlled experiment device. But then I was with the, the conundrum that I didn't want to support these companies. So I started looking into the raw ingredients, figured out how difficult it was. The elemental magnesium we use is controlled by the DOD. You have to follow laws with hazmat laws concerning like manufacturing, concerning like OSHA, like safety, EPA, concerning like DOT and the FAA and IATA. The list goes on and on. This stuff is so controlled. It's the white and firework. It's used by the military for purpose. So I was having a really hard time getting hold of it. And it made me wonder how these other manufacturers were. Now I know that they were buying their magnesium from firework suppliers, <laughs> right? I, I tested some products that were super high in like heavy metals, like lead. And I'm like, oh my God. Lead, the last thing you want to put in your body, period. And especially not when you're already having health issues. Exactly. Because the grade that I use is actually a pharmaceutical grade because they use this type of magnesium that I'm using to make alloys and to make alloys pins or just straight magnesium pins for like dissolvable screws after surgery. So there is safe pharmaceutical grades. That's what I use. I have it done to my exact purpose, obviously not like a screw form like they make for other people, but I had to jump through so many hoops. I had to get, you know, clearance from the US State Department to do this, to do in-person interviews, to go through all these steps, but I was able to get some small amounts initially to do my R&D. I started experimenting in my kitchen doing it. I was getting higher levels and the products on the market, but then I just had 
a bit of a sober second thought and thought to myself, I know the chemistry well enough. I'm a quick study. I think I'm being safe, but I don't want to be a Darwin Award winner and blow myself up using military grade magnesium to make hydrogen in my kitchen. And my confidence was more likely attributable to Dunning-Kruger. I didn't know what I, I didn't know. So I was overconfident. So I, I was cautious. I'm like, I need someone to make sure what I'm doing is safe here. I don't want to kill myself. So I found my founding partner, Dr. Holland. He, he's a PhD medicinal chemist. He works in the pharmaceutical industry, developing new molecules for various targets. At first, he told me it sounded like the worst pseudoscience he'd ever heard in his life. He gave me all these reasons why my idea was stupid and hydrogen therapy would never work and the list went on. So I rebutted all of them because I'd read and heard all the arguments already. I'd obviously been doing nine months, 10 months of reading on the subject. I answered all of his objections. He came back and said, interesting. It took him like a week or something. He's like, there appears there's enough evidence here for like supplemental use. Sure. I'll take a look at what you got. So he's like looking over my formulas and my notes and everything. And I kept on just sending him a new article every day just to keep him interested and say, hey, like there's something here. Serendipitously, I, I sent him the article, the, the human trial on hepatitis B. And I didn't know because... He was previously working with, you know, calcium channels for neuropathic pain, but his current project was on Hep B. And he called me for a lunch and he was like, I think there's something here. You're developing this because there's no good commercial products. Do you want to commercialize? And I said, I thought about it, but I have no background in this area. I wouldn't even know where to begin. And he said, by the looks of it, nobody else knows where to begin here either. At least you're trying to do it, you know, properly at the R&D stage. So I thought about it and went for it, took the risk and started working and trying to figure out what I do, how to commercialize this. It only took him a you know, few weeks to, to refine my formulas to get it ideal, like from the R&D aspect. Then it was a real journey because we spent over a year, 2000 plus iterative adjustments, 15 failed scale-up attempts to get our first production-ready tablet. Since then, We've had thousands of iterative adjustments to keep on improving it because at the end of the day, you can make 10 tablets in a mortar and pestle and it works fine. But if you want to make a million at high speed for consumer development in manufacturing conditions, that's a whole new ballgame. And I have to keep it safe. And I love that you put so much work to it. Uh, it speaks so much for your ethics and also the high integrity of your product. And like so many other stories I heard, the best happen, the best ideas come, the best products, uh, the best movements spring forth from when there's really a personal desire and need. And obviously you had a desire to heal yourself, but you took this further because you wanted to bring something that had such an amazing effect yourself, also broader public. And for those people who don't, are not acquainted with it yet. And in a nutshell, what is hydrogen water? So hydrogen water is just a delivery method to get hydrogen gas to your body. Now, one of the biggest you know criticisms of hydrogen water is it's a gas, why don't you inhale it? And, and that's interesting. And that's backed by the research because it shows that hydrogen water seems to always work when hydrogen inhalation does and at about 1% the dose. But there are instances where hydrogen water works and hydrogen inhalation doesn't or hydrogen water works better than hydrogen inhalation. It's really fascinating. And when you start to exploring some of the reasons why, it, it could be tied to a couple things like such as our, our microbiome. Hydrogen water is shown to positively impact the microbiome when you're inhaling it. It's not going to be dealing with your gut bacteria. 
the bacteria in our body, there's bacteria that consume hydrogen and there's bacteria that produces hydrogen. So hydrogen is part of our, our physiology. It's in our cells at all times. The, the pharmacokinetics of how hydrogen water and where it dissolves in, in different tissues is different than inhalation, right? So they go to different spots. A new interesting paper from Professor Oda out of, of Pan shows that a certain percentage of the hydrogen in our system is metabolized in our liver through an unknown mechanism. Then you have other papers written showing that endogenous hydrogen, what we produce, you know, in, in our intestines, regulates liver homeostasis. Mm-hmm. So there's reasons to dissolve it in the water. One, it shows to work better, and two, there there could be th- these physiological explanations of why it works better in the water than plus it goes into your entire system, much much. Yeah, water transports around your whole body too. That's another, you know, big one too. So that's hydrogen water. Now, why to take hydrogen water? We're still trying to figure it out. Hydrogen water seems to to be like this master regulator within our cells. It's shown to uh, positively impact thousands, 10,000 gene expression, right? It regulates our, our redox status. That's a harmony between our antioxidants and the oxidative stress. So it's shown to both raise oxidative stress or raise antioxidants and inhibit oxidative stress. It's And we need this harmony. Like oxidative stress isn't all bad. Nitrative, nitrative stress isn't all bad. We think of them as stressors, but a little bit of stress is good. That's hormesis. Like yeah. exercise increases oxidative stress acutely, and then our body responds and, and produces more antioxidants. Hydrogen does the same thing. So it sometimes spikes oxidative stress for a corrective response. It does the same thing with inflammation because inflammation is part of our immune system. It's not bad. It's just when it's chronic and elevated. Superhumanize. Antioxidant. It doesn't just come in with a hammer and uh, beat everything flat. So it allows our body, enables our bodies function better the way they're supposed to function. A hundred percent. It's more like a technician or an engineer coming in and adjusting the dials to where they're they're supposed to be. It even does it does the same thing with autophagy. I know autophagy is all the rage and biohack. Hydrogen has activated autophagy in numerous models, but in some models like heart failure, where autophagy is bad, it's inhibited autophagy. So I've heard that actually in Japan, they will combine molecular hydrogen when you have heart problems. Let's say you have a heart attack. They'll combine the molecular hydrogen with the classical prescription meds, and it actually elevates the efficacy from something that I think will be some 70% to over 90%. Yeah, we're actually finding some crazy stuff um, I can't go too deep into it, but in, yeah. in a, a few studies that we have, both in humans and in rodents, some using my tablets, others that I've actually, I'm an author on as well in preclinical research, uh, we're finding synergy with hydrogen and various pharmaceutical molecules. Which is so, also um, a good thing in the sense that the uh, big pharma does not have to feel threatened. Molecular hydrogen act make medicines work better. I actually like to take molecular hydrogen together with my supplements. I feel it does the same thing. It enhances the efficacy of supplements. And uh, not to delve too deep into the science, but it's worth noting that there's over 1,500 publications on the potential hydrogen water benefits in- And 115 in humans too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
And it's 170 disease model yeah. throughout every organ that hydrogen addresses all kinds of issues. So there's really great things um, coming forth. And I really believe that I heard about molecular hydrogen first, probably and started taking it three, three and a half years ago when it was just talked about and used biohacker circles. Then Dave Asprey, I actually met our mutual friend, Tyler LeBaron on one of Dave Asprey's uh, wonderful conferences. And, uh, and and, and th I knew then this means that within a few years, this is going to become ubiquitous. It's going to become the new oxygen. If you think about all the oxygen bars everywhere. And I, I really think that within the next two or three years, we're going to see a massive uptick in mainstream becoming aware of this. Oh, uh, 100% even in the last uh, year or two. And uh, we introduced as my brand, basically as the inventor, like I, I private label this technology too. There's dozens of brands that, that market the tablets that I, I produce and invent and manufacture. I didn't like the direction that most of them were going in marketing. I, I thought there was room for improvement. That's why I started my brand. And I just kind of charged into a, a different category than most of the brands going into to more like fitness and performance with athletes. We're doing some longevity stuff too, but mostly in athletes. Athletes. Just in the last year and a half of doing that, we have something like 40 or 50 professional athletes that endorse us. You know, through the UFC, NHL, NFL, CrossFit. We're getting picked up by more and more researchers that are using their own grant funds to study our stuff. That, that's one thing I, I firmly believe in. And as I, I mentioned to you, it's a part of the one, one book I'm writing is there's so many flaws in, in science and scientific research and how it's funded, how it's published, all these things. That's not just pharma. That supplement sets medical device too. Typically, for instance, if a supplement company or pharmaceutical company or a device company is going to do a, a clinical trial, they hire a CRO or set up a deal with a university to do the donation and they pay for the whole thing, but they maintain the right to decide the protocol and they maintain the right to approve it for publication. Meaning if they don't like the results, it doesn't get the light of day. That's why you see all these good results. Th then it goes further too, because the private journal model people don't want to read about negative results. So it's hard to publish a paper that found negative results. It, and it gets in a worse impact factor journal. Not as many people read it. It just gets buried through every avenue of our capitalism. I just don't believe that's right. If you have to do a study 10 times before you find the result you want, it didn't work. Exactly. That's rolling the dice, playing Monopoly until you get the number uh, that you want. It, exactly. So I started and I emailed every single corresponding author on every single paper I could find, hundreds of them, you know, years ago, offering to donate product and funds to make a better study if they had some of their own funds and said that I don't require control of protocol or decision to public. I just want to support research. I slowly got some researchers trickling in. They were cautious because it's just, it's not how things are done. And this is every researcher that had published a paper on hydrogen, not just every researcher in the world that would, that right. would be. started getting some researchers that I was talking to, did a couple of studies here, a couple there. From there, it just started spiraling out of control. I'm working with now some extensions on some international collaborations. It must be 15 different institutions around the world now. We have seven published clinical trials, three case studies, preclinical research study published. We have 16, I think, clinical trials that are at underway at various stages and four preclinical research programs. Mm -hmm. And I love that about your company, that what you do goes hand in hand with really bringing forth facts and working with scientists. It's certainly not the norm. No, it, it, it's not. 
that this stuff is getting attention from researchers because they're spending primarily 90, 90, 95% of, of the funding is coming from their own grant. Yep. They're interested in, in it. They're seeing results. I'm collaborating with them, but giving them advice because I deal with so many teams and I have information that might not see the light of day for a year or two years. That's sometimes how long it takes right, to, to publish a paper. It takes a long time. That makes me an asset to them because I, I can get permission from another group of researchers and say, hey, listen, can I tell X university this because they're starting this trial. And I know if they knew this, that they design it different. And overwhelmingly public research go, yes. And in fact, they get excited and then I connect the teams together and they start talking. So it leads to better research because now they're a couple of years ahead of the curve. And that's one of the big downsides in public research compared to private research, how the pharmaceutical industry can move so fast and get things done because they're sitting on all the data themselves. Right. They, they streamline it. They go, okay, this is the right dosage. This is how it affects. This is our target. And they just hammer through in a straight line. Whereas in the public sector, it's blindfold throwing darts against a board until you see a pattern. Superhumanize. Alex, there's something else I'd really love to uh, talk about with you and learn from you because I know you place great importance on following a scientific protocol in biohack. Can you share with us, do you have a system? What are your do's and don'ts? Yeah, basically... As I follow the scientific protocol for my own biohacking. When possible, I, I double-blind placebo-control it or, or double-blind it will maybe give something to my wife and she doesn't know what it is and I doesn't don't know what it is and she administers it to me. Or at the very least, I control it when I track the data. It's what so many people don't do. So many biohackers, the majority of them, will read a couple studies, think something sounds really cool, try it out, and then they're like, yeah, I can feel it work. Well, the placebo effect is real. That's why we control for placebo. So if you're just reading some studies and you think you understand the mechanisms a little bit, and then you try it out, now you're endorsing it, you could just be endorsing placebo. And this is based on what I see going on in a lot of the research that that a lot of these supplements and devices are putting out. It's I know how it works. It could be garbage. It, it Some of it is garbage. Some of these devices, I've read their studies and it's, ooh, I've seen a couple, and I won't name them, but I've seen a couple popular biohacking devices that recruit these open label studies, meaning that there's no blinding, no placebo. And they recruit from their already happy customers. Right. And you know, now they publish a study. In 100 people, we got X results. But did you, right? That's not real science. So I will go... I'll take baseline data from myself through whatever relevant markers. I I control it in the best way I can. When I convince my wife to do it, I'll do it on her. Increase uh, the likelihood that I'm not just getting a random result. And and I'll use long periods too, like 30 days at least, or five run-throughs on something. And then what I do is I just meticulously go through the results, what was expected, what their claims are, and I see if there's anything to it. And unfortunately, for most things I've tested, there has not been any effect whatsoever. For a couple of things there has, and remember, I want these things to work. Of course. It would be amazing if all the claims from every company was true. Yeah. That would make life so much better in some But Can you talk about, I know and I understand that you don't want to talk about those that don't work or are bad, but the couple that you just mentioned where you just said a couple really worked, are there a couple that you could 
actually let us know that you well for some of the more hardcore biohackers a high dose combination that i did of bpc 157 and tb 500 from mri scan to mri scan it it did repair my rotator cuff for those in the audience that don't quite know what it is can you explain yeah so that they're peptides. They're not approved for human use. You got to get it as a research chemical and then reconstitute it yourself for those who are a little bit more hardcore, not just buying something off the shelf. So I got questionable results off a lower dose of just BPC-157, the one peptide. But then when I upped the dose and then added the TB500, the second peptide, and I took MRI scans before and after. It, it healed my rotator and uh, a partially torn bicep long head 10. Did you right? inject it on site or did you actually take orally? I, I injected them subcutaneously. So you need to constitute, reconstitute the, the dried powder in, in the sealed vials with, with bacteriostatic water, do the dose conversions yourself, sanitize, get insulin needles yeah. and inject into the site proper. It's a little bit of a pain in behind, especially because you're also not allowed to shake it once you've mixed powders with the water and such. But it's apps worthwhile, especially if you do something like you just said, where you can um, quantify the results. Yeah, yeah. There's other things too, like there's this thing uh, for motion sickness called the relief band, and it did seem to work. It wasn't a miracle, but it seemed to work with my wife who gets car sickness. There's other things that had mixed reviews, for instance, or mixed reviews, not even close to what they claim and probably not worth the money, but there's a potential that they might do something. I, I don't want to slander and get into those things too much again because again these are my n1 or n2 with my wife we know that for a lot of things that work they might only work in 20 percent or 60 percent or 80 percent of people they're not going to work for everyone a lot of pharmaceutical drugs might have responder non-responder effects anywhere from 20 to 80 percent even things as ubiquitous as caffeine and creatine only respond to about 80 percent of people in our research when we look at the raw data and we're talking to hydrogen water researchers around the world, it seems like only about 80% of people respond to hydrogen. About 20% are super seem to be super respond. So I don't want to say because I got mixed results from something, it doesn't work at all because I could just not be responding to it. That's why on top of doing my controlled experiment, I also try and evaluate their claims and the research behind their claim to see if there's justification for it from a, a scientific standpoint. But really, we need more data. And I was telling you before we got started about that not-for-profit that I started. And Tyler LeBaron is one of the advisors. There's multiple other PhDs, MDs from academia that are advisors where we're working together. It's myjourney.science. And basically the goal is to teach these things that I'm talking about, these controls, these basic controls, testing, only try one new thing at a time, record your data, blinded if possible, teach these controls and why they're important, people who are experimenting and have them use the testing services available, the wearable technologies, something like, what is it? Something like 60% of Americans wear a wearable tech that tracks their health data. This is so much untapped information that we could find out what's working and what isn't, what is causing harm and what is innocuous, right? So we're starting to write these templates that says, hey, you want to try X supplement or Y therapy or Z diet, right? This is what you should do. Follow this, register your case study, right? With us, your N1 case study here, the direction. Now upload the result, right? Now it's going to track everyone who's done this and it'll report for X, like if you're looking to lose weight or you're looking to, to sleep better. All of these things have been tried by others. 70% of people report a benefit from this. And it's going to have a, a formula to score the quality of each person's submission. Because some pers one person might completely blind it, the next person 
person might just do a questionnaire. So we're uploading recommendations for wearable text, recommendations for for questionnaires to do, for testing that people can do. We're, we're uploading all this data. And again, it's a non-profit. So nobody's going to be drawing a salary as we start raising money from it. Any profits we see, we're going to donate to research teams that want to do research on something that's being monitored on our site. I love that. Yeah, everybody make sure to check this out. I will check it out first thing. Mm -hmm. After we wrap, that is really... We're, we're, we're not live yet too, just so everyone knows, but our, our newsletter, or sorry, our subscribed newsletter is going. So once we get enough templates written and do all the beta testing to get it live, we're, we're going to we're gonna email everyone to say, hey, we're up and, up and running. Obviously, none of us are getting paid. We're all volunteers. And we started it in the summertime when everyone had free time and then just delays from like the web program or everything like that. Now everyone like everyone from academia is back teaching classes and stuff like that so it's been slower moving but hopefully we're going to start plowing through things when the various like professors and stuff that are helping with it stop teaching classes in, in a few weeks in a month everyone's going to be able to spend some more time and hopefully get it, it done this year awesome another high integrity thing you are doing with your knowledge with your passion your path of life superhumanize Alex, there's a question I ask every guest, and that is, I'd love to know from you if there's some practice incorporated in your life that have benefited you mentally, spiritually, or physically. Obviously, uh, hydrogen water is one of them. Is there anything else you'd love to share? Yeah, I, I do some biohacks. Like, I love cold therapy. I, 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 I intermittently fast, so I time restrict eat and then I'll fast. Usually, like a few times a year, 72 hours, a couple times a year, 120. But the biggest things for my mind, just to keep my stress down, because I work 180 to 100 hours a week anyways, sometimes more. A lot of days, like we have, we've got stuff like phase three clinical research ongoing in Europe. So some days I'm up till 2 a.m. and then awake again at 7 a.m. just to be you know, hitting the day. Some days dealing with bureaucracy, dealing with supply chain issues, it's a lot. So I love hypnotherapy for calming, especially if I'm stressed, can't get to sleep. I think it's a huge free tool that anyone can use. 20 minutes to do guided hypnosis to calm your mind down, to fall asleep at night. And I know I'm a lot more fortunate than most people living in the greater Vancouver area. We've got all the rainforests. I have miles and miles or kilometers if you're Canadian like me or European of trails like within minutes of my door. But every day I try to at least five, six times a week, rain or shine, go and walk through the forest for an hour. Wonderful. Yeah. And in Japan, you can even get uh, forest bathing on prescription by your doctors, I've heard. it's. I can be stressed beyond belief, like just want to lie down, crack a bottle of wine and order pizza. And if I go and go for a one, two hour walk through the forest, and I can even work while I'm doing it. I bring my phone, write emails, write texts, continue getting things done. But just something about the sounds of the forest and the air and everything, I'm completely calm by the end. Yeah, I have the same experience. And it makes you realize we're not going into nature, we are nature and we're reconnecting with what we're meant to be connected with. Alex, it's been really great talking with you and, and learning about what you do, not just with your company and your high integrity products, but I love the nonprofit side of it. I'll make sure all of this in the show notes. If people want to connect you, how can they do I write my blog. I, I've been writing a lot. I've got a few books that, that are in the works, but I've written a few hundred thousand words of content that's at my website, drinkhrw.com. We also have a lot of guest authors. Basically, all of our guest authors, anyone who ever writes an article for our site has a, a PhD or an MD. So 
we try and keep everything really based on the science. Everything we talk about, everything we do. On Instagram, that's more stuff with like our pro athletes and everything like that. It's again, it's just at drink HRW. So drink like drinking a glass of water and HRW for hydrogen rich water. Cool. And again, I'll link all of that. Alex, thank you very much for taking time out of your super busy schedule. Uh, very grateful for it and all the insights shared. And yeah, I can't wait until nonprofit we're talking about goes live. I will definitely subscribe to this letter now. And uh, I look forward to all that really valuable knowledge. Yeah, no problem. And the more times I say it, the more time it commits me and everyone else to actually get it done. Great being with you, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on the Superhumanized podcast. All right. Thank you for again for having me. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. 